Hello and welcome to Smart Pill, a podcast where each episode delivers concentrated knowledge on one specific topic. The podcast is brought to you by the WHRO Emerging Leaders Board, a diverse group of young professionals who are passionate about bringing public media to a millennial generation. I'm your host, Ryan McIntyre. This is the first of a special three-part episode called Origin Stories, live storytelling recorded at the beautiful Wells Theater in downtown Norfolk. The night featured three young professionals, Dawn, Isaac, and Phil, sharing stories of inclusion and beginnings in geek culture. Dawn Wilfong is a television producer, blogger, and host of the geek and gaming series Roll for Initiative. She talks about what kept her away from gaming for so long, and said, hey, that sounds really fun, can I join? And the response was, no, it's guys' night. And the moment she realized she'd become part of the problem. I had become a gatekeeper, and I don't ever want to be in that situation again. Like any good dungeon master, Dawn starts off by setting the scene for her adventurers. Dawn Wilfong. So you approach the city, and it's a walled city, and you know within the city is the party you are meant to join. As you approach an opening in the wall, a figure steps out of the shadows. He looms in front of you and says, you aren't welcome here. Your kind isn't welcome here. Then he steps back and says, unless you can prove you're geek enough. <laughs> Roll for initiative. So if I was GMing a encounter with a gatekeeper, that's how I describe it. That's kind of what comes to my mind when I think of the word gatekeeper. But in real life, that's not usually what a gatekeeper actually looks like. So the first gatekeeper that I encountered in my life was when I was in elementary school. My older brother picked me up after school one day, and we stopped by the local comic and game shop. And I had always looked up to my older brother, and he played D&D, and I just, for whatever reason, was fascinated with the miniatures and the dice, but because of our age difference, I was a little too young to join in on his game. So I was excited to kind of get to walk into the store and see a little bit of this world, this hobby. What I remember about the store is it was dark, it was dirty, and I did not feel welcome as the clerk at the store kind of glared at me, I quickly realized not only was I the youngest person in the store, I was also the only girl in the store. And I got a distinct impression, very few women shopped there. It was kind of a rare sight to see a girl, like 10-year-old girl standing in this shop. So I stuck by my brother because I knew no matter what, I was gonna be safe around him. And I didn't get into tabletop RPGs. I didn't get into D&D at that point. A few years later, I ran into some other gatekeepers. These were actually my friends. A bunch of my friends were talking about getting together and having a game night and playing video games and Dungeons and Dragons, and I knew I liked the video games, played them with them all the time, and was like, oh, hey, D&D, that's the thing my brother used to play at home all the time. So I piped up and said, hey, that sounds really fun, can I join? And the response was, no, it's guys' night, which hurt, especially because it was like, I was the one that whenever we'd hang out at people's houses or have parties, I was the one playing video games with the guys, and my gender was never an issue until now. So I didn't get into D&D as a teenager. I probably could have gotten into D&D in college. Uh, looking back at it, 
one of my dorm mates hosted a D&D game night a couple times a month in our dorm's common room. And I'm sure if I had asked, they would have been happy to add me to the party. But by that point, society and even the marketing around the games all were telling me, this game isn't for me. I'm not enough. I'm not quite geeky enough. I'm not male enough. E even the women I did see playing this game didn't look like me. I felt too feminine, which was really odd because I'm not a girly girl and I never thought of myself as a girly girl, but all of a sudden I was too feminine for this game. So in that point, I was act actually acting as my own gatekeeper. I was telling, letting society and all these outside sources tell me, and then I was repeating it as I saw these people playing games and said, it's not for me. And the thing about tabletop RPGs is it's not a solo hobby. You can get into comics and video games, all these other geeky hobbies by yourself. It's great if you've got friends to talk with, but you don't need other people necessarily to get into it. But tabletop RPGs would be like playing soccer by yourself. You can buy the books and read them, you can roll up a character, you can paint the miniatures, but you're just gonna be the kid running around on the field kicking a ball all by yourself. You need other people to play. So I didn't get into RPGs until I was in my mid-20s when my husband and a mutual friend invited me to join in on a new gaming group that they had just found. They invited me to kind of very little strings attached. They, I'd play one session. If I wanted to join, they'd add me to the party. And if, if it, I decided, hey, this hobby just isn't for me, the GM would retire the character. They had about an hour or so that day that they needed to wrap up a previous session. So I went over and just kind of hung out for that first hour. About five minutes into that first hour, I hadn't rolled a dice, I hadn't even done anything with my character other than create it, I was hooked. This hobby had everything I loved. It was hanging out with friends, it was creating amazing stories, creative problem solving. I got to be the character I loved in books and movies and video games, but I got to make my own choices. I could do anything I imagined as long as the rules allowed. <laughs> so I kind of instantly wanted to play catch up. I was in my mid-20s. Most of the people I knew had been playing this for at least 10 years. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna learn everything I can. I tried out a bunch of systems to see which one was my favorite. I started finding online forums to post in and talk to people about. I started watching YouTube videos and I started to think, if I had seen somebody like me playing when I was younger, I probably wouldn't have let those other gatekeepers keep me away. And about this time, Geek and Sundry put out a call for bloggers to compete to join their network. So I decided, sure, and created a video with my husband and I edited it and uploaded it. We didn't make the cut, but I kept making videos. And I started making videos on my own. I got to be the representation I didn't see as a kid. That was fun, that was amazing. And I started joining and having conversations with other creators who were making YouTube videos about the gaming community. 
and I was finally feeling like I belonged. Now, I started making YouTube videos in 2013. In 2014 was when Gamergate happened. And Gamergate focused mainly on video game community, but it had some trickle over into the tabletop RPGs, which was people started talking about inclusion in the community. And specifically, were women welcome in the community? A lot of the comments I saw were mostly men, some of them acknowledging, yeah, I've seen this, this is a problem. Here are maybe some ways that we can fix it. But there were also a lot of people that were saying, well, I haven't seen it, so it must not exist. So I started speaking up. I started sharing my experiences, saying, hey, it does. You might not have been aware, but I've even seen some of the, you guys do it a little bit. And I, I was also backing up the other people that were sharing their experiences, but being told, well, that's not my experience, so you must be wrong. Because what a lot of people were experiencing was, if you're not white, straight, and a cisgendered man, you have to fight to belong in this community. Enter the gatekeepers, who started calling me a social justice warrior, who was trying to push her agenda on their hobby. Emphasis on their hobby. And I let a lot of those comments just roll off. They were, I deleted the comments that were just curse words or insults. They were trolls. I wasn't going to feed them. It was like the bullies I dealt with in elementary school. If I ignored them, they'd lose interest and go away. And I wasn't scared of these gatekeepers until one conversation. Um, there was a game that had been posted. Uh, I believe it was on the front page, actually, of Drive Through RPG, which is an online RPG store. And the game was called Tournament of Rape, where you played in a tournament of rape. So there was a discussion of should the game, should the store take it down? Is it too problematic? Or should they leave it up? I was on the take it down. It's a private store. They can decide who they want to let sell stuff on their store. Somebody who thought differently began getting more and more aggressive with their comments to me. It started out with comments along the lines of, stop telling people what to do, but quickly escalated to, go f yourself, and you deserve whatever you get. Not outright threats, but it was there in the subtext. And I got scared. Because being a woman posting anything online, doxing, rape threats, death threats, are all always at the back of your mind. And now it wasn't just at the back of my mind, it was breathing down my throat. Before I could screenshot those comments, in case I needed them as evidence, he got kicked out of the group. And luckily, that seemed to kind of solve it. It didn't go from there. Sorry about this. And what I realized and what I've noticed about a lot of these comments is, and a lot of these gatekeepers, is this need to compete, this need to prove that I'm the biggest, most amazing geek ever. And if you don't play the, this game, if you don't enjoy this hobby the way that I do it, you're doing it wrong and you're not welcome. Which is stupid. 
<laughs> it's stupid because everyone can enjoy the same hobby in a million different ways and every single one is valid. So I kept posting. And I tried not to let the gatekeepers get to me. Even locally, I've run into gatekeepers at the gaming store when I'm buying paints and the clerk behind the desk looks at me and says, you know, these aren't craft paints, right? Like, I'm sorry, what about my appearance makes it seem like I have no idea how to paint miniatures? I don't go back to that store. I take my business elsewhere. And it's small little things that really start getting under your skin. But through all of this, I tried to be patient. I tried to not feed the trolls, but listen to the people that maybe they just hadn't listened to somebody before. They hadn't had somebody before kind of point out a different viewpoint. And I had a couple people that, realized, that I had conversations with online who realized, oh, I can have a spouse-free night, and that's not necessarily sexist, but calling it a husband's only night is. When all they want to do is get together with friends and maybe complain a little bit about their spouses and not have to worry getting back to them. And so that was great, and I tried to think about it as, I'm not gonna be a gatekeeper. I want to be an ambassador. I want to be the person standing at the gate saying, come, welcome as well as kind of letting people know, hey, you're being a little bit of an asshole. Try and be nicer to other people. <laughs> Try and gently and kindly nudge people to be more inclusive. So one day I was talking to an acquaintance and she had just discovered Twitch streaming of tabletop RPGs. She thought it was so cool and was so excited about it. I started asking her some questions like, what game was it? Who was playing? What was going on? She, she couldn't remember and she didn't know. I said, oh. And her response was, well, I only get into things before they get mainstream. And the conversation quickly fizzled out. <laughs> but Something about that conversation bugged me. because I was like, why did she get defensive all of a sudden? And I started thinking ab back about it. I was like, it was my O. My O had this judgmental, oh, you're not a gamer enough because you don't remember the name of the game or you don't remember who was playing. I had become a gatekeeper. <laughs> and I think about that encounter all the time because I don't ever want to be in that situation again. If somebody doesn't know something, I don't want to challenge them or make them feel excluded. I want to volunteer the information or enthuse with them about the hobby. And over the five years that I've been gaming, I have noticed it getting better. I'm running into less and less gatekeepers. I'm running into more communities and people online and in real life that are open and inclusive and just all around great people. And I'm still nervous posting publicly online. There's still that fear kind of at the back of my head that someday I might roll the dice and get a failure. <laughs> but what keeps me going are the positive comments and the private messages I get from people who thank me for sharing my viewpoint because they didn't feel safe enough, secure enough, enough of an authority to share their viewpoint. And to be honest, a lot of the time, I didn't feel enough, 
like I was enough when I was sharing, when I was posting those videos, but I was faking it till I made it. And I'm starting to get to that point where I'm feeling like I made it and where I feel enough and to the point where I can say, the gatekeepers, I belong in this community, I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Well, folks, you've done it again. You've taken your smart pill, and you're better for it. If you'd like to see photos of Dawn and the other storytellers, you can find links in the episode description, as well as links to Zach and Phil's stories. If you'd like to see more of Dawn's work, you can find her on YouTube at Roll4Initiative. That's Roll, the number four, initiative. Or on our website, r4ivlog.com. Smart Pill is brought to you by the WHRO Emerging Leaders Board a group of millennial professionals in their 20s and 30s who believe in the power of public media to make their voices heard. The podcast is recorded in conjunction with the Emerging Talks event series, bringing critical information and important conversations to people in Hampton Roads and across the country. The podcast is produced by Keith Saunders, Ryan McIntyre, and Truly Matthews, and produced in association with WHRO. Sound recording and technical assistance by Victor Bowen, Special thanks to WHRO Director of Community Engagement, Nancy Rogan, the WHRO Marketing Department, Brad Tuggle, the Virginia Gaming Association, and the Virginia Stage Company. On behalf of the Emerging Leaders Board, I'm your host, Ryan McIntyre, and I'll talk to you again when it's time to take your smart pill. <laughs>